Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Wow. Well, what a busy few weeks it has been. Last week, I was in New York and Rome just doing some traveling with friends and got back last weekend. So I've really been taking that weekend and this week in particular to try and recover because it always takes me about a week to recover from traveling. Just emotionally, energetically, it's very taxing for me to be with people all day, every day for that long period of time. And then just, you know, the flying, the change in time zone, it all kind of gets your system or my system at least a little out of whack. So Um, But I also wanted to update you guys on um, the antibiotic situation. So last week I was sharing about how I was taking antibiotics for a UTI, which I was not excited about, but I have a history of UTIs turning into kidney infections, which um, has landed me in the ER a couple of times in my past. So really wanted to avoid that and just jump on these antibiotics, especially because I was going to be traveling and might not have had access to that. And I was really hesitant if for anyone who listened to the episode, the intro of the episode last week, you know, I was super hesitant and a little concerned because I had actually taken only like two or three days of antibiotics in October of last year and it really really messed up my digestion. I was having stomach pain every single day for like a month straight after taking the antibiotics just because they're so potent in killing not just the bad bacteria but the good bacteria in your system as well. So I was really nervous that was going to happen but did a little bit of my research and decided to be more proactive about trying to negate a lot of the side effects of antibiotics. And so I went and got a good probiotic as along with prebiotic fiber, which really helps feed the good gut bacteria so that they will continue to grow or grow back after you've killed them. And I actually was having a lot of bone broth and soups, which are super great for the gut microbiome. And then also lots of antioxidants to just help support the system. And it was interesting because this time I noticed much more mental effects from the antibiotics versus gut effects. And I think um, all of those probiotics and fiber and bone broth really did help uh, negate anything that I might have felt in regards to the antibiotics in my gut. But I noticed that literally the day after taking them, the first dose of them, I was incredibly irritable, had really, really low concentration, and that proceeded for the whole five days I was on the antibiotics. And for me, it was really noticeable because I tend to be very level-headed, extremely patient, um, really great concentration. And so for me, seeing that the tiniest thing would bother me and sort of set me on a on edge or all these little things going on around me, um, like a lot of noise or really loud music or a big crowd just really, really agitated me and then truly couldn't even concentrate on more than one thing at a time. You know, I was traveling with friends and just I noticed almost on a minute by minute basis if someone was talking to me and some other distraction came in, like I could only focus on one or the other. I could not multitask at all, which is something I'm usually very good at. So it was interesting. You know, I think it was unfortunate that I had to take the antibiotics, but at the same time, it was a fun little experiment. And the mental side effects actually aren't surprising to me because I am also reading 
a book by Dave Asprey called Headstrong. And it's all about really how to protect the brain from damage as well as support it through a variety of ways. But one of the things he talks about that I actually just read this week in his book is that antibiotics are basically a neurotoxin. And what they do is they disrupt mitochondria function. And to just to break it down a little bit, the mitochondria are the powerhouse of our cells. They are what create energy, which therefore leads to all the other functions of the body. And so um, some of the side effects of mitochondrial dysfunction could be chronic fatigue, allergies and asthma, autoimmune disorders, frequent infections, migraine headaches, fibromyalgia, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And these are things that you know come about after chronic mitochondria dysfunction. But it was really interesting to see how these antibiotics were definitely inhibiting my mitochondria function. And I was seeing that immediate impact in my own brain function. Um, but, you know, one of the things that Dave Asprey talks about, again, in his book, Headstrong, is that if you really, really have to take antibiotics, there are things you can do to help negate those side effects. And again, one of the things he mentions is that antioxidants are really, really fantastic to take while on antibiotics. One study actually found that by taking antioxidants while on antibiotics, you could actually restore mitochondrial function, ATP production, and reduce the free radical levels in the system. So if you are taking antibiotics or if you ever do, definitely look for a great antioxidant supplement or really up your food intake of foods that have are very high in antioxidants. Look for a good pro and prebiotic, fiber, um, all good things to look into to really negate some of the harm and heal the body. I also wanted to say a huge thank you. I have been receiving so much positive feedback on the podcast and it is so encouraging and inspiring. I've had um, some messages on Instagram of people saying they listened to a certain episode and it inspired them to go learn more or, you know, maybe start um, seeing a doctor or a practitioner, like a chiropractor, or a craniopathist that maybe they had been considering for a while, but just hadn't taken that first step. And I, you know, responded to all of those people with the same thing of just, that is exactly what this podcast is for. I really want to give you information in a way that you can digest, but then inspire you and enable you to go and take that information and actually make the change in your life that's going to lead to a better quality of life and help you resolve things that maybe you thought you just had to live with for the rest of your life. So thank you so much to the people who did message me, who left reviews. And if you haven't, I would love to hear your feedback. You can always message me on social media or on my website. I have a contact form and I also have my email linked on my website and on my Instagram. So let me know what you think. And if you love it, please leave a review. And if you could leave a text review as well so people can really see what it is exactly about the podcast that you love, maybe compared to other podcasts. And Lastly, I wanted to add that always take a peek at the show notes and there's a link in the episode bio that can take you to the full show notes on my website. And I'm really excited about the show notes because I pack a ton of information into them. Anything I talk about in my intros, anything that is talked about during the actual podcast episode and interview, as well as anything talked about in the outros, I will always link to. So for example, last week I linked to some articles about how to support your body while on antibiotics. I'll link to some of those again. I'll link to the Headstrong book by Dave Asprey and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's a great way to get a little more supplemental information on anything that was talked about in the podcast, as well as, you know, specific links to the whomever I'm interviewing, I will always link their website and or social media profiles, whatever they have. So it's just a great resource where you guys can find more information. 
Today's interview is with Jasmine Corsandi, and she is an ultrasound technician who really focuses on using this amazing ultrasound technology to detect breast cancer. And we really dive into just how effective this technology is compared to the standard mammogram technology. And um, you know, it's really interesting how I actually found her because I follow Gwyneth Paltrow on Instagram and she had shared that this is the woman she goes to every year for her breast cancer prevention just to get her yearly checkup. She always goes and gets ultrasounds with this woman. And so I actually booked an appointment with her because I've never had a mammogram of any kind but my mom actually did have breast cancer and had to have a double mastectomy. So I figured might as well start that, you know, prevention and awareness as soon as I can. And really the reason I was so comfortable doing it is because the ultrasound is such a pain-free and non-toxic process, which was really important to me. So um, I can say firsthand that I've actually used the technology she's talking about and, you know, we'll dive into that a little bit more, I think, as the weeks go on because I'm doing some further testing of my own um, based on the results I received from her. But with that said, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I think it's such critical information for women to hear and to share with other women, but for men as well, because you know, so many of us have women in our lives and I think it's really important for men and women to understand the health of the opposite sex so that we can all work together to help each other really achieve that optimal health and prevent disease. So enjoy. And lastly, I do want to say this was my first virtual interview. So there are some parts where there's a little bit of movement going on and, um, you know, it's just my fault for not being a little more proactive about making sure both myself and Jasmine were completely prepared for a virtual interview. So I apologize that there's a little bit of background noise here and there, and I promise that the next virtual interviews will be much, much better. Okay, okay. I'm on the loudest hundred. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm so glad we figured this out. Finally. I know, I know. It took a minute. Yeah. Well, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm so excited to get this started. So, I know. Um, a couple of things to note. I mean, I'm gonna try not to move around too much. If you've got a cup of water, like when you set it down, try and set it down gently. It, right, because the audio picks up on a lot, but because we're using right. the headphones, it hopefully won't pick up on so much. But if it does, don't worry move. about it. It's not, you know, it's not a big deal. If it's stressing you out, just don't even worry. I already had my morning activated thing that I just ordered, so I already drank that. I'm having coffee, and we're good to go. Awesome. Okay. <clears throat> well, welcome to the expanded podcast. I'm so excited to have you. So why don't you give a little background on yourself and then we'll sort of dive into the background of the Sonocene and the technology and all that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, a couple of years ago, I wanted to get into the medical field and I didn't want to go to medical school because it's 12 years. So I was looking for a program that was anywhere from two to four years. And I wanted to make sure there was no blood included because <laughs> I'm so terrified <laughs> of uh, human blood. So I found um, an ultrasound program at West Coast Ultrasound Institute in Beverly Hills. And I attended there for three years and accelerated and passed my boards. And uh, I started working with a gynecologist, uh, Dr. Prudence Hall, for a couple of years and gained a lot of experience there. Mm -hmm. She focuses on bioidentical hormones and rebuilding the gut and, you know, making sure that, you know, all the brain neurotransmitters are balanced and checking um 
all your hormone levels, your FSH, your follicle stimulating hormone, and I would do all the pelvic ultrasounds, all the breast ultrasounds, and that's where I got introduced to Sonocini, and I got introduced to the the creator of the machine, Dr. Kevin Kelly. He's based in Pasadena, Mm -hmm. so his whole team trained me, and I fell in love with the machine, and that's how everything started. Okay, and... I'm just curious for my own selfish, is it, is your family like really big on being doctors as a Persian thing? Do you have a lot of doctors? Yes. Yes. Growing up in a Jewish Persian community, Mm -hmm. I, uh, really was exposed to two options. You either want to be an attorney or you want to be a doctor. Okay. <laughs> Anything in the creative field is taboo. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a designer. You know, when I went to UCLA, I wanted to drop out and go to FITM fashion school and my parents didn't support it, which was a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. I am where I am now because they always wanted me to be on this path. Mm-hmm. And they said, if you go to, if you drop out and go to FITM, we're not going to support you. Um, so yeah, it was just like fashion was a no, anything in the creative arts was a no, and it's just how it is, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, but you love what you're doing yeah. now. Oh yeah, I love what I do. I wake up every day excited to mm-hmm. go to work and be in service and just you know meet new women and be a part of their self-care. It's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, that's so neat. So, so I said it wrong, it's so no scene. Sonocini. Sonocini, okay. And that is the technology. Now, your company is Sonobreast. Correct. Is that okay? Correct. I was mixing them up. Yeah. So yeah. tell us about the technology. How is it different from a regular ultrasound? How it's different from a mammogram? What's right. going on? So people people who've never heard of this before, like me, before I even found you, you know. Right can understand awesome so son was created by dr kevin kelly because he said that when he was scanning a regular handheld ultrasound it was like texting and driving um so basically you hold the probe yourself mm-hmm. and you take a couple of frames like you, the the breasts we scan in a clockwise we go 12 1 3 6 9 so basically he technicians weren't taking enough frames they weren't scanning the lymph nodes they weren't scanning the chest wall they weren't scanning um the clavicle so a lot of pathology was missed and basically whenever you're scanning yourself if you if you go over an area you have to put on color flow you have to measure it there's so much you have to do and it's it's very technician dependent so a lot of pathology was being missed so he created this machine so there's no more human error so basically what sonocini does it's a, it's an arm connected to an ultrasound machine and it records 3000 images starting from your lymph nodes all the way to your chest wall mm-hmm. so I'm able to see any breast changes as small as three millimeters so it's very 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 early detection and also if I do detect um a lesion that's three millimeters you don't have to do chemo you don't have to have like chemotherapy or radiation anymore you could literally just get um a lumpectomy Mm -hmm. because if you do stick a needle in that mass and if it is cancer the cells are going to spread and that's when you have to do all this aggressive treatment and we're trying to prevent all of that Mm -hmm. okay got it and i'm super curious what i was wondering when i did find out about this is my first thought was why have i never heard about this before i felt like it was like some secret in the field of and i was so surprised because breast cancer is kind of a big thing right now and it's such a safe way to go about it there's no radiation i mean there's literally zero side effects zero side effects so i'm curious is there a reason more doctors aren't recommending this Um, or is it just not common knowledge 
I mean, a lot of doctors that are in the Western world are still stuck on your typical mammogram because Mm -hmm. that's all they know. They Mm -hmm. don't like change. In medical school, they're trained in a specific way. And when new technology comes out, they don't want to change. So that's one thing. The Western world is stuck on this barbaric technology that's missing 50% of breast cancers if you have dense breast tissue or implants. If you have dense breast tissue, you're tissue is white cancer is also white so it's looking for a snowball in the snow you can't see it Mm. the only way a doctor will recommend an ultrasound is if they find a finding on the mammogram so if there's an abnormal finding then they'll refer you for a mammogram but a lot of times there is an abnormal finding the mammogram doesn't see it they don't get an ultrasound and by the time they come to me they feel like a three centimeter lump and Mm. another reason why it's not in every imaging center is because I've heard doctors and radiologists tell me this is not a money maker for us. Oh, MRI so costs $1,500. Insurance companies don't reimburse it all the time. So basically they look at everything with a, with a business view. If it's not making them money, it's not coming in their office. Mm. Oh, wow. That's such a bummer. So can you touch a little bit more on how it's different from a mammogram? And why it's a little bit better. Okay. So a mammogram is basically using, uh, it uses radiation and it's like an x-ray. So if you have fatty breasts, if you have larger breasts that are composed of fat, Mm -hmm. it can see the cancer because fat is... Look, it looks black and cancer is white, so you could see it. But if you have smaller breasts, which a lot of women have, I mean, I think 90% of my patients have super dense breast tissue and mm-hmm. the tissue is all white, you won't be able to see it. Mammogram is good for detecting calcifications. It's good for detecting, you know, masses in fatty breasts. Um, the technology is, it hasn't changed in years. Um, and the sonogram is different because... I'm using sound waves. That's why that's why there is no radiation. Mm-hmm. That's why there's no there's no, also no squeezing of the breast. I mean, it's just a breast massage. We're not using two plates and squeezing the breast like a pancake. Mm-hmm. We're, it's the same probe that I scan babies, so it's a hundred percent safe. It's a hundred percent accurate. Whenever you put the probe on the breast and you scan the whole breast, if there is a lesion, there's no way to miss it. Mm-hmm. Even if you were to, if I gave you the probe today and be like, scan this patient, when you sweep over the breast, it's very easy to tell what is normal and abnormal. Okay. Because cancer sticks out like a spider mm-hmm. on ultrasound. It mm-hmm. just, you won't miss it. And I think the big thing that you pointed out there, and the reason why it was so useful for me, is because I have, you said, like ultra dense breast tissue. And so if right. there was anything, it would be so, so hard to see on a mammogram. Correct. It's it's looking, it's like white tissue, a piece of white paper, and a white circle. Mm-hmm. You can't see the white circle in the white paper because it's white on white. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, you can't see it. Yeah. And I'm not super well versed in this, but also, right. I mean, it's pretty general knowledge that radiation isn't a super great way to treat a potential cancer site. And the squeezing can also be potentially dangerous, right? Because if you're squeezing that cancerous tissue, doesn't it have the potential to spread the cells? But I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. If if you have breast cancer already, it could definitely damage the tissue in the surrounding area. And also, if you have implants, it can rupture the implant. And I've had many patients in the past that had, you know, a large set 500 cc implants, and it's ruptured the oh implant. And if the implant ruptures, you have silicone and saline all throughout your tissue you can get an autoimmune disease there's something going on right now called bbi breast implant illness Mm -hmm. where so many women are getting sick they're losing their hair they're they can't sleep they're they're going through depression they feel like they're literally dying because all of these toxins are spread out throughout their body and their immune system is just fighting it constantly so it's it's not i mean if you have implants it's not the safest way to get screened Mm -hmm. also with even if you have dense breast tissue so that's super interesting though so just to go on a little rabbit trail is the women getting the breast implant disease is it 
only from when they're rupturing or is it because even if they're intact it's leaking toxins or something? yes even if it's intact there's a company called allergan right now and millions and millions of their gummy bear implant so it's like silicone outside no saline or silicone outside silicone inside one or the other if you have those implants the gummy bears all of those implants are recall they're recalled so already oh, wow. 11 people have died from lymphoma Oh my God. These set of implants. Yeah. And there's a whole thing on Facebook and Instagram and it was on KTLA news that if you have these symptoms, you 99.9% have breast implant illness. All of the toxins and the chemicals, there's thousands inside of those implants are leaking through the breast and people are so sick. Wow. And is that something too, for women who have breast implants who didn't have a mastectomy? Could right. that actually lead to cancer because of the toxins? I mean, right now they have, you know, a couple of cases. Yeah, they have cases that these cancers have caused lymphoma. Uh, I have a patient who had implants. She removed them and she got um, a type of cancer in her bones. And um, her radiologist really believes that she got this cancer from the implants wow that's horrifying so you never know yeah yeah i mean there's so many factors that can contribute to it for sure but right um so while we're still on this tangent are there any safe form of implants available or because of this that's maybe like something that's going to be coming into the market is just newer ways to do this i think the safest is the saline okay yeah, I, I hear that, you know, out of all of them, the gummy bear, the texture, there's so many different kinds. Saline is the safest way to go. Mm. But anyways, every time you get a surgery and you open it up, you put a foreign object mm-hmm. in your body, your immune system is going to you know, know that it's, it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. So with implants, there's something called capsular contracture and and your implant becomes hard as a rock because your immune system starts building all this scar tissue around the oh, implant. Oh, wow. So, and it's all just inflammation from your immune system mm-hmm. knowing that something is not supposed to be there. So I have a couple of patients a week that come in and their breast is hard as a rock and it's just scar tissue. So they get like a couple of surgeries, you know, and obviously having all those surgeries, is going to cause inflammation. It's going to cause a lot of, you know, it could have a lot of bad reactions mm-hmm. for your body. You know, you don't want to have that many surgeries. And women in LA are keeping up with Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had patients right on their chart. They've had like 14 surgeries. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so rough. Yeah. And just so it hard is, on the body to keep tearing it open very, like that because it exactly. is an injury. It's an injury. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It takes time to heal and your immune system is always trying to, you know, repair. Yeah. So it never really has time to heal. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I always tell Omid, like, he better be happy with my little boobs because I have a weird thing with, like, putting foreign objects in my body. So it's just never going to (laughs) happen. Right. Stick to the all natural. Trust me. It's the safest way to go. Yeah. So I also wanted to touch on, do you feel like mammograms are still an important part of the prevention process and then this is in addition to it do we get rid of mammograms altogether what's your take on that i definitely think that mammograms still play an important part because it can detect calcifications Mm -hmm. so a lot of gynecologists will will have uh, the patient do the mammogram in addition Um, a lot of women don't want to do it Mm -hmm. which is fine i can't tell them what to do what not to do but the mammogram, you know, if you do it once a year, once every two years, it's really important to have a baseline to see if there is calcifications. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you would actually recommend doing the ultrasound in addition to that anyways, right? Like even yes. if the mammogram yes. doesn't catch anything, you would still say do it. Hun- yeah. The sound of Sydney, I highly recommend once a year mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. And then any specific story, do you have a favorite story of a patient you had? If you can share 
of a potentially life-saving event that Sonosini was able to make happen? Yes. So I had a patient that um, was getting thermograms every year and thermograms basically use heat to detect any abnormality in the breast. And I'm not a huge fan of it because it misses a lot of stuff. You can't rely on heat to find a mass. Um, so she came in and she said, oh, everything's normal. Mammogram is normal. Thermogram is normal. Everything is fine. I'm just doing this because I have dense breast tissue. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, you know, the thermogram isn't a safe way. You can't rely on the thermogram. Mm-hmm. So I did the sonocini and uh, I detected a two millimeter mass, which was super, super small. Mm-hmm. Wasn't worried when I detected it because, you know, it was small and I knew that she could take care of it right away. Mm-hmm. Um and she did have a biopsy and it was cancer. Uh, luckily, she had it removed. And I'm so happy that I was able to be a part of this and find it at such an early state. Mm-hmm. Um, the mammogram didn't see it. The thermogram didn't see it. So just to be a part of this process and know that I could help p- people find, you know, these tumors at mm-hmm. such an early state just feels so good. You know, yeah. a lot of women detect breast cancer when it's at least a centimeter so -hmm. when it's one centimeter you could actually feel it it's a lump it's you know size of like a little piece of grape Mm -hmm. in your breast and when you feel it that big that's when you know you're gonna have to do chemo you're gonna have to do radiation because it's big and you know Mm -hmm. it could have spread already to the lymph nodes and we don't want that every single month there's 3,000 women dying from breast cancer And there's a 9-11 happening and no one's talking about it. They only talk about it once a year in October during Breast Cancer Mm -hmm. Awareness Month. And it can be prevented Mm -hmm. if you do the proper screening and you know what kind of breast tissue you have and you go after the technology that works for your breast tissue. I mean, if you don't know you have dense breast tissue and you're getting your mammogram done every single year and it's as normal, 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 if there is something, you can't see it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very important for women to educate themselves on what kind of tissue they have so they can, you know, do the right tests to screen their breasts. Mm -hmm. Now, is that something that you can sort of assess for yourself just by doing sort of your own tests around your breasts and feeling like, how do you know if you have ultra dense or is that something a doctor needs to tell you? I could tell right away with Asanasini. I tell my patients, I'm like, look at the screen. You Mm -hmm. have dense breast tissue. Mm -hmm. Usually smaller breasts are always dense and all 99.9% of Asians have small breasts. Mm -hmm. And they're all dense. So if your breasts are on the smaller side, you know, they're not huge and you don't feel like there's a lot of fat in them and it's more lumpy, Mm -hmm. it's it's usually dense. Okay. Well, and it's just so interesting too, because uh, as far as I know, breast cancer isn't a crazy aggressive cancer as opposed to others where even if you catch it early, you have to do some serious treatment. If you catch breast cancer early, the survival rate is actually quite high. Is that correct? Very high. Correct. Absolutely. I think with any cancer, you want to detect it early enough, but especially breast cancer. My grandmother had uh, DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ. It's the the first type of cancer. Cancers always start in the ducts, and then it becomes invasive where it leaks out of the ducts. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had it for two years. It was missed on the mammogram at Cedars. And we're so lucky that in two years, it didn't spread and it didn't grow. So it was intact in the ducts. Mm -hmm. So there is the aggressive ones that do spread super fast. Then there is the ones that don't spread super fast. It depends. There's so many different kinds of breast cancer. Okay, okay. Which is interesting because you don't, normally hear that right you just hear breast cancer you have breast cancer right at least from the different from our end of it if unless you have it and maybe your doctor's telling you exactly what kind you have but i didn't even know that there were different kinds of breast cancer the most common one is dcis and it starts in the ducts that's the first stage Um, a lot of times people just leave it there because it's stage zero or stage one and people do have the option to just leave it there because it's so slow growing but once it's invasive 
and lobular mm-hmm. and it's in your you know in your glands and it, and and if there's a lot of blood flow and you do the biopsy and it's positive then you're going to want to take it out i mean i have a patient right now that has a huge cancer it's probably it's three centimeters but she doesn't want to do a biopsy she doesn't want to do anything she's just leaving it and she feels like with a natural holistic treatment she could heal it mm-hmm. okay. uh, but you know god everyone is just different mm-hmm. you know a lot of people when they find out they have something they want to take it out right away mm-hmm. and some people believe that they can heal themselves mm-hmm. yeah so when is there a risk to trying to take it out like you maybe you mentioned earlier sometimes puncturing it has the risk of spreading it or right. is the removal process pretty safe so if you stick a needle in it, then you have to do radiation. So okay. you have to radiate it for at least two weeks, depending on the size, or even a month or two months, depending on how much of the cells leaked. So, mm. and that's very important because you want to make sure that all the cells, you know, around it, you know, aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what the radiation does. It kills all the cancer cells that spread. Okay. Um, yeah, so, but if you go in and you don't stick the needle and you just get the lumpectomy without sticking the needle, you don't have to do radiation. Oh, okay, I see. But now the needle, is that basically what a biopsy is? Like if you get a biopsy yes. and it is cancerous, you're going to have to radiate it? Yes. Oh man, that's intense. <laughs> it's intense. I know, I know. Okay. Interesting. Um. If you know, if this is an area of your expertise, what are some other areas that you feel like are getting missed in the realm of breast cancer, breast cancer prevention, even as far as like lifestyle and diet, if there's anything you know in those areas? Yeah, totally. Um, There's a doctor, her name is Louis Hay, Mm -hmm. and I read her book and she really talks about what emotional... Uh, blockages are linked to breast cancer. There's three things that she says that's linked to breast cancer, which is uh, resentment, anger, and fear. Oh, wow. That's super interesting. So it's very interesting. And a lot of times, you know, women go through hard times in life and there's a lot of energy that needs to go somewhere in your body. And and then there's a blockage. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times with breast cancer, there's a link to these emotions, Mm -hmm. anger, resentment, and fear. And all of us go through anger, resentment, and fear. But if we don't heal Mm -hmm. and if we have a high stress life, we don't have our go-to such as exercise, meditation, yoga, eating organic foods, eating clean foods, probiotics, you know, making sure your vitamin D levels are intact. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one. If you Mm -hmm. have low vitamin D and you're not taking the right supplements, it can cause breast cancer or any any kind of cancer. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. Yeah. Making sure that, you know, your mental state is in a good place Mm -hmm. because your thoughts are your emotions and your thoughts if they are, you know, negative all day, you're creating new cells that are negative Mm -hmm. all day. So I read this book recently called Zen and the Art of Happiness. And basically, whenever your cells are created, they're really linked to your thoughts and your feelings. And if you're depressed that day, a couple thousand cells that are created are going to be depressed. Oh, my god! So gosh. they're very, they're linked to your emotional state. So if you're happy, all of the new cells that are created are going to be happy cells. Wow, that is insane. And then those cells continue living until maybe they naturally die off yes they naturally die exactly that is Mm -hmm. amazing i'm gonna have to link both of those books in the show notes because those sound yes really really great but it's also kind of it's just it's the perfect storm because like we were saying earlier there's so many factors that can contribute to why someone actually got cancer but i think you kind of hit the nail on the head with it's so much more than just one thing it's not just diet it's not just genes it's not just lifestyle it's not just emotions it's sort of everything combined but I don't think we're really teaching that to anyone of like hey there is really an energetic and an emotional side to illness but there also is a very real tangible 
diet side to illness and a lifestyle side to illness. So somehow we need to start teaching people really, you know, quote unquote, the holistic approach of just living, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And self-care is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, eliminating the toxic people that are in your life, Mm -hmm. eliminating the foods that don't make you feel good. If you have a gluten allergy, if you have, for example, um, Hashimoto, which is uh, it's an autoimmune disease that a lot of my patients have because I do a lot of thyroid ultrasounds and I could tell right away if you have Hashimoto's. If you have Hashimoto's, you don't want to eat gluten because gluten feeds the Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, if you do have breast cancer, you want to eliminate eating you know, foods that are not organic. You don't want to eat chicken that's not organic, beef that's not organic, because it's injected with antibiotics, it's injected with hormones. Mm -hmm. You don't want to feed that to your breasts, you Mm -hmm. know? So you definitely want to eat a very clean, plant-based, healthy, good diet. You want to make sure you you eat fruits and vegetables. I always say eat the color of the rainbows. Mm -hmm. Make sure that all of your meals are very colorful. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's funny because my mom had breast cancer and she had to have a double mastectomy, but it's just so interesting to me and unfortunate that nowhere along that process did any of her doctors ever once mention that your diet or your lifestyle could have any impact on it. And at the time I was younger, so I don't know any of this either, but it's, it's just so absurd sometimes that this isn't still isn't a part of like regular conversations with standard doctors right right that's why i choose to see integrative doctors functional medicine doctors and naturopathic doctors because they pay attention to the root cause Mm -hmm. of what's going on Mm -hmm. you know a lot of the western doctors just put a band-aid on and say take this medication take that medication take this antidepressant oh you're not feeling well you're depressed Mm -hmm. you're in menopause deal with it but no, there's an answer mm-hmm. and there's always something that can heal you. You yeah. know, if you your diet can heal you, you know, just making sure that all your levels, you know, you check your thyroid, you check your adrenal gland, the endocrine system is very powerful and you want to check your levels. You know, a lot of people are permanently exhausted mm-hmm. and they check their adrenal glands and they see that their adrenal glands are shot and they start taking supplements and they feel better mm-hmm. so it's about knowing the root cause of what's going on and dealing with that mm-hmm. and that's how you'll feel better if you're if you're in a menopause you know you don't want your doctor to tell you just suffer you're in menopause yeah no <laughs> yeah it doesn't work you don't want to suffer your quality of life is important mm-hmm when it's so interesting too because they so many of these things like menopause are so normal so your doctor will be like no this is normal for your age but no one's stopping to be like well let's change the normal can we make the new normal as a 40 year old woman like vibrant and healthy and alive versus absolutely no when you hit 40 like your life is all downhill from there it's right yeah So I think one thing that's really important is that everyone should be the CEO of their own health Mm. and do research and find doctors that care and find doctors that have experience in the naturopathic world, the functional medicine world, because they view everything in a different light. Mm -hmm. And they want to help and they want to find the root cause. You know, if you're not feeling well and you don't know what's going on, they will get to the root cause of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great too, because now there's actually becoming quite a few more natural doctors who are actually accepting mainstream insurance, which is fantastic. Or there's insurances that are accepting things like acupuncture and lymphatic drainage and those within their plan. So I would really encourage people check that out and then don't give up if you automatically assume there's not doctors who will accept your insurance there's a good chance that there are correct correct absolutely great well anything else you want to add um i just want to say that it's very important for all women to feel their best and once again be their own doctor and make sure they're getting properly 
cared for and not to rely on doctors or physicians to tell them if something is wrong. If something is wrong and you feel off and, you know, something doesn't feel right, go after it. Mm -hmm. You know, find the right doctor that works for you. If you're not feeling well, don't live a life of unhappiness for 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. There is someone out there that can help you. If it's an acupuncturist, a holistic doctor, if it's doing a lot of healing emotionally, whatever you need to do, life is short. Take care of your health because your health is your wealth and just go for it. Mm -hmm. Don't suffer. Don't suffer. I love that. I think we need to take a little more initiative when it comes to like you said, finding someone who really connects with us and is committed to getting to the root cause. It's so hard to just, you go to your, maybe your conventional care doctor and they give you a diagnosis and that's it. But if that's who you're with right now, you've got to take that extra step, that extra energy to find what's right for you. And sometimes it can take a few months and you almost have to interview potential doctors and see if they're in alignment and are really going to be committed to your health but it it's almost this thing I feel like people get caught up because it's like oh I have to make another appointment I have to go see a new doctor it's such a hassle but it's like really it's much less of a hassle if you put in that initial work find that doctor or that naturopath who is really gonna stick with you be on your side and find that root cause of whatever it is you're dealing with and then once you've done all that work you've got that person and hopefully they can be an instrumental part of your life for the rest of your life and you're actually going to be so glad you put in that work early and now you're able to work through these things without having them impede your life, you know? Absolutely. And I would love to give you some information on the doctors that I know that yeah, are amazing. Yeah, so I was, I was going to ask you for a couple resources that you would recommend people check out, whether it's a book, a doctor, podcast. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I've worked with a lot of functional medicine doctors hands-on in the past, and I've seen these doctors do miracles. Mm -hmm. I love that. IV therapy, you know, checking, doing a lot of stool tests Mm -hmm. and seeing if people have parasites or candida or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I will definitely give you these resources because I want people to know that they, they are here, they exist mm-hmm. and, um, it works. Yeah. I've seen it work. Yeah. Do you have those or will you send them to me yeah. later and then I can include them? I will send them. Do you want me? Uh, yeah. I could send it to you later or I could give it to you right no, now. If you have them for sure. Share them. Yeah. 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 Do you have a share right now? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so one natural path that I love that I worked with myself um, is Dr. Nikki Argonzoni. Um, her name is Dr. Nikki. She is from Hawaii and she is amazing. And I'll include links in the show notes to each of those people. Her number is 818-808-5343. And she is a genius she knows everything about herbs and supplements and diet and she is a special specialist in the gut and rebuilding Mm. your gut okay so your gut is your second brain and if there's leakages if you know if there's candida if there's a parasite whatever it is, it, it's, it's going to make you feel really sick. So the first place she goes to is the gut. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her repair so many guts and people feel amazing. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend her. She's great. And then um, and she there's another doctor. In LA? Yeah, she's in the Valley in Ventura. Okay. Okay. She's great. And then there's another doctor. His name is Dr. Lekos. Mm-hmm. He is actually down the street from my office. He's in Santa Monica. His number is, um, let's see, it's 310-955-1885. He's a functional medicine doctor, and people swear by him. So it depends on what's going on, and once again, finding the doctor that you click with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thankfully, there's just many more popping up. I mean, I think we're pretty lucky to be in an area. You're in L.A. I'm in Orange County where there's an abundance of natural doctors like this. But 
I think if people did a search, they'd be surprised with what they found around them. Right. And then other, you did list two books that I'll link to because I'm super excited to read those myself. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Any just like general tips, advice, things that maybe you'd like to see women doing more to care for themselves? Right. I think it's really important as a woman to take care of yourself. I mean, as women, we're such givers, you know, Mm -hmm. kids first, husband first, career first, and we forget to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and we put ourselves last. And that's where things fall in the crack and your health can, you know, be jeopardized. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to put to give yourself love and to take care of yourself and to make those appointments if you're not feeling well. And once a year, I mean, you should definitely check your breasts at Mm -hmm. least once a year. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that's really important is getting a thyroid ultrasound. You know, I've picked up so many thyroid cancers in patients who had no symptoms, patients who just wanted to get checked. So a thyroid ultrasound, you know, just for a baseline, if it's normal, you don't have to do it again. And then you check your breast every year. And what I want to say is, if you're not feeling well, go after it. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to the symptoms. Because if you can detect it, you know, early enough, then you don't have to deal with all the aggressive treatments that come with it. You know, you just want to get everything at an early state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for giving your time. I'm so happy I found you just by coincidence and it's become such a great relationship. I'm super excited to see where it goes and then obviously come in yearly for my own checkups with you too. Yes, yes. Thank you so, so much. Enjoy your day, sweetie. Well, I hope you all really loved that interview with Jasmine. She was so informative on breast cancer prevention, awareness, detection. So for this week's My Magnetic Moment, I am going to ask you guys to do a web search for naturopaths or integrative medicine doctors or functional medicine doctors in your area. And I think this is a fun little task or a little opportunity to just take a peek at maybe who might be around you that you had no idea you know there could be a naturopath literally right up the street from you and you never knew because you just never took a second to check it out so take a peek and let me know what you find and with that have an amazing rest of your week guys i can't wait to hang out with you next week 